Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 118 of Midweek Metagame. I'm Harry to g only joined by one of my regular co-hosts this week, Gable Nassif. Hey, what's up, everyone? We're also joined by another special guest this week. Sadly, Pat has some real-life commitment, so could not make it to the episode, but we are joined by Pioneer Specialist, Tag Team Member, and just overall great Magical Line Grinder, Claudio. How you doing, man? Hello, man. Claudia, I'm doing fine. I'm here about to talk some Pioneer today, my favorite topic. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're really happy to have you on. Um, yeah, I guess for those wondering, this week's episode is basically all about Pioneer. We will be getting into Modern towards the end of the episode, as obviously Gab has been playing some of the uh, format over the past week. But we're going to be really diving into the Pioneer format, as it's not something that we've really talked about on the podcast for quite a long time. So we're going to be going through the whole metagame, asking Claudio questions, you know, because we used to play Pioneer in the past, but not much in the current uh, time. But, you know, before we get into talking about Pioneer, before we get talking about Modern, podcast is brought to you by Card Market. They sponsor the cast. For those who don't know what it is, it's a marketplace online to buy anything Magic the Gathering related or even card game related. You can buy singles, accessories, deck boxes, play mats, everything. You can sell on there as well if you need to get rid of your collection. So please go check out cardmarket.com or cardmarket.eu as they sponsor the cast and they're amazing. As well as if you'd like to support the podcast, best place to do so is at patreon.com slash midweekmetagame, but no pressure to do so. But before we even get into Pioneer, you know, I think... Uh, Claudio, there might be a few people listening who aren't familiar with you, or or maybe they don't play Magical Line, they don't see you know you know uh, rocking yourself at the top of the trophy leaderboard. So why don't you kind of let everyone know who you are, and uh, yeah, anything that you want people to know about you? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm. I started playing Magic Online uh, like three years ago when I got to a point in Magic where I wanted to get better and. Magic Online was just perfect for getting the amount of play I wanted. And just as a way to practice for uh, real-life events. And I have not looked back since then, since uh, like it's a really great platform to, to play competitive events. Mm-hmm. And around that time, Pioneer started as well. And it was something that instantly called to me because I liked the kind of style that Pioneer always has offered. Like, really uh, grindy games and stuff, which is something that you wouldn't often find in modern. So I kind of found uh, a playstyle I enjoyed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's basically it. I, I started playing and started doing really well in the tournaments. I have a couple of challenge wins on my back. And yeah, I, I really enjoy the, the format as a whole. Awesome. I think also, you know, a few people not, might not be aware, but you're a content creator yourself. I believe you're on the TAC team, like I mentioned. Why don't you kind of let people know what that is? Yeah, so TAC team started as a, a group of friends who basically made a Discord server where, we will, like, it's kind of funny, like Martin, for example, we faced each other so much on the challenges that, like, in classic, in classic Magic player style, right, we started talking with each other, like, uh, kind of a friendship developed from that and we started meeting other people and we are like between him and me we are like 10 players now and we started like and we helped each other test and after a point we said that we could turn this into content you know you, mm-hmm. we could make a page or something and basically that's what acting is today we make 
content focused on mostly Pioneer, but we also have modern players like Pygont is a member of our team as well. We have a lot of great players there. Sweet. Awesome. Okay, well, I guess why don't we kind of dive straight into Pioneer? Um, you know, you play a lot of the format. Did you play any of the challenges this past weekend? Yeah, I played both challenges. Uh, uh, I did pretty poorly on them, but like uh, a few weeks back, I top toward one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it, it's really nice because that's something we are probably going to touch upon. Like every time a standard set releases, there's usually a huge impact in Pioneer. Mm. Like new archetypes are created and uh, some archetypes get meaningful upgrades. Like for example, now there's a, the uh, Onicode Anvil decks, which are brand new. And there's like a bunch of upgrades for a lot of other decks like Blue Light Control. So it's yeah. really nice. The, the Esper deck, uh, the Parhelion deck. Oh, too. Yeah, the Parhelion deck is a brand new archetype as well. Yeah. We basically have Reanimator in Pioneer now. Yeah. I, I think the last time Harry and I seriously played Pioneer <laughs> was maybe before the ban. So, reminder the, the Uro Teferi ban was one year ago, almost mm-hmm. to the dot. And I think I played one challenge with Phoenix a few months ago, but I basically have not touched Pioneer. It was not. My favorite format, I remember it being maybe a little too close to standard. I felt like it was a little too uh, too much of the old standard rehash in some ways. And maybe the, the gameplay was not super exciting. But then I remember also picking up the Niv deck. That deck was a ton of fun. That was a deck you, you're kind of specialized in, you kind of mastered, and you're always tuning it and innovating. And th- this deck kind of got nerfed to the ground was... The Teferi and Uruban. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what? So you kind of told us what drew us, what drew you to to Pioneer in the first place. How long had you been playing? Uh, when did you start playing Magic? Mm, I start. Yeah, that that's kind of funny as well. I started playing Magic in Return to Ravnica, so I, I was kind of born with Pioneer, basically. Hmm. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so I started playing around that that time and like. But just very casual, uh, and I think the first time I started playing Magic seriously was uh, was um, when the Abzan mid-range deck was a thing. That was like my first competitive deck with Siege Rhinos and stuff. So it was a bit later than that. Okay, cool. So maybe would you say you you kind of attracted to Pioneer because it's all the cards you've always known and. It does because when was Return to Ravnica? I'm so bad with the sets. Was that like 2011 or so? My mouse really bad with that. Let's see. <laughs> when I was in diapers. Yeah, when Harry was like still in, in, in <laughs> kindergarten, elementary school. Yeah. Uh, 2012. Yeah. 2012. Oh yeah. Because I think when, ten years ago. Yeah, because when when was they when they created Pioneer? I think remembering it was this the last seven years of of magic sets okay cool and um yeah i guess you kind of stuck with it even though the format was not honestly necessarily super popular and recently it seems from my perspective anyways looking at twitter looking at some of the streamers that pioneers kind of the on the resurgence gaining popularity 
And I was wondering why, you know, and maybe just looking at these deck lists, you can kind of tell why it looks like there's new decks every every other week. There's tons of space to innovate. Uh, can you can you tell us why you think uh, people are seem to be pretty into into Pioneer right now? I know there's also the the whole arena talk. Oh, it'd be a great solution for arena to bring Pioneer to arena. It would kind of solve a lot of problems. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I used to play Arena a lot. I, I think I had all the decks until Zendikar was released. Because I, I uh, also, alongside Pioneer, I'm a huge standard player. I used to play a ton of standard. But my interest in that kind of waned when I had no IRL events to play in standard. So I kind of stopped playing Arena after that. So I'm not really sure if bringing Pioneer to Arena would be actually a great thing. I'm not, I don't really have an opinion on that. Yeah, but... I feel like the, the, the problems are maybe a little deeper than, oh, just bring that format and they'll solve a lot of problems, but... Yeah, I think maybe it's important to have something there that people can actually mirror with their real-world real experience if you want to have an eternal format that people can play IRL. So maybe that's the thing you want to have at some point. Yeah. Not really sure. Um, yeah, so about the public perception on Pioneer, I think it's finally time that people stopped with the meme that the format was bad since the inverter ban. You see a lot of people talk, you saw a lot of people people talking about that on Twitter. And that, finally, that, that's gone, I think. Pioneer was in a bad place at some point as well, but like honestly, I think most formats go through rough patches. And yeah, but I think those times are also past us. Pioneer is great right now; it has been for a while, and it's really nice to see people start catching up to that. Yeah. To me, I feel like the hype over Pioneer started going up when I started seeing a lot of historic hate. I don't know about you guys, but I see a lot of historic hate rather than pioneer hate. And then I think, I believe it's Saffron Olive who kind of has been doing both. I've seen a bit of hate and then a, for historic and then a bit of love for pioneer. And obviously I think he has like 70,000 Twitter followers. So I feel like maybe th this is where it kind of stems from. I'm yeah, sure. I could say that. He has a lot of influence on what people say, yeah. But Pioneer, Pioneer Hay aside, I mean, the format does look, like, decent. Um, you know, definitely without Fetchlands, I think it's it's very refreshing for a lot of people, but it being similar to Standard is a bit rough. I guess kind of picking up from where, where I stopped in Pioneer, for me, I remember talking about the podcast every week. Oh, I love Mono Green Planeswalkers. Oh, I love Mono Red. I felt like, to me, where we left Pioneer as, as a cast together was... The top decks were mono red, mono green, and mono black. Whereas looking at the Pioneer metagame on MTG Goldfish, I don't see one mono colored deck in the top, like what ten decks. You know, uh, yeah, it's completely completely different now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess kind of st starting off, you know, what are your go, go to decks in the format? What what should the listeners be expecting if they went and played a Pioneer League? Yeah, I think definitely that with the new set, things have changed a lot. So the decks you should expect to face the most are definitely Auras. Auras gained a lot of power with the set. Like It gained Light Pulse. Light Pulse is just an insane card for the deck. 
it's really popular right now because it's also cheap and easy to play. It's an aggro deck, so you're going to face that one a lot. Uh, you can expect to face the Parhelion deck as well. It's a, it's a deck people just love playing because it does flashy and um, things they're earning the game. The reanimator strategy, so it's an archetype that didn't exist before as well in Pioneer. So it's something people really uh, are really loving to try right now. And so let's see. I see a lot of Phoenix. Oh, it, yeah. It's interesting that Phoenix is not as popular as it was before right now. I would say the Sacrifice decks are more popular than Phoenix. They're yeah, really that, popular right now. Yeah, that's a new deck. It plays cards like Unicult Anvil, which is a new red-black artifact. It plays mm -hmm. the, the one red artifact experimental synthesizer, um, kind of the, the little synergies, lots of little synergies. You play Terrarian, you play Voltage Surge, which is a red instant. You can sack an artifact to cast a spell. And if you did deals four damage, that deck does not look very good. It has a Voldoran Epicure. Ties, right? yeah. yeah, Blood Dice Harvester, so... Yeah, well, what's up? Uh, what's up with that deck? Yeah, I I was the one that built the deck. I in the first weekend uh, of release, I top for the challenge with, with it, and it, it has taken off since then. So that's that's, and I I kind of had the same opinion. Like Uncut Envy looks bad on paper because it has a lot of restrictions on what it can do. But once you play with it, you realize how powerful the card is. It's like Cat Oven, but Rolled up in a single card. So and all this like all the sinners in this deck are really off the charts. Like synthesizer is just really really powerful, and you draw so much cards with this deck as well. So you always have resources to play with. Like yeah. this is the most powerful Lurus deck I have ever played in Pioneer, because it's not uh, just not uh, replaying creatures. You're also replaying card advantage sources. Yeah, it's and pretty interesting. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it's basically a historic deck, but I think what people have been doing in historic is playing the Anvil in their Cat Oven deck with Trail, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But this deck, no, it's just. Um, There's of... also that version. John Food is also playing the Anvil now. Okay, so you think that card's the real deal? Because I've been super skeptical. I haven't played a ton of historic, I haven't faced it a lot. And I was kind of on the fence because it doesn't do a yeah. ton on its own you need you need the uh, you need everything else around it but yeah the, the nice thing about the card in food is that you can crack foods with it to have like a free way to trigger the trail of crumbs yeah and like the deck is also playing car now so you can fetch it with uh, from your sideboard as well people play one cop in the sideboard and a couple in the main hmm this yeah. list by Sam Party looks mm -hmm. pretty sick. Yeah. So yeah, the deck is really fun to play as well. You take a lot of game actions, you manage a lot of resources, you are very interactive. So I have been yeah. having a lot of fun playing this. Yeah, it was it was it did super well the past weekend. It, it won the show uh it won the, the challenge. Uh Will Pulliam, one of my teammates, uh when the challenge and on in the showcase it also put free copies in the in the top eight. There was some Phoenix deck. There was uh, five of these red black sacks sack decks on the in you know the both top eights combined. 
um, Lotus did win the showcase. That was, I don't know, one of my problems with Pioneer that's all strong, but the Lotus deck is, it's kind of hard to interact with. It's always been kind of the best deck or up there. The, the version is way different though. It plays a emergent ultimatum now. Mm -hmm. I don't think it used to play that card. And oh, yeah, it didn't in the past. Yeah, can you can you talk us a bit about that deck? Is it one of the best decks in the format still? So Lotus Field is a very is like the most powerful combo deck in the format, and it's hard to interact with. But the deck is really bad against aggressive decks. So you only see Lotus Field doing well when people are doing cat oven stuff, mid range stuff, where they just have time to set up. Because the deck, even when you open with Arboreal Grazer, you're really bad at interacting with creatures early. And like one one of the decks that was doing really well before Kamigawa was uh, Boros Heroic. And that deck is, is just going to kill you by, by turn 3 or turn 4 if you don't interact with creatures. Yeah. Like Lotus Field is not doing that. Like Auras is really fast now because you can just tutor a bunch of ethereal armors onto your creatures. So... Yeah, the, the deck is really powerful, but it's only on slower meta games. Okay, it's not something okay, you can play every time. Cool, cool. And um, yeah, you you talked a bit about blue white control too. I think there was a list that made the top top eight or top four of the challenge was um, they were playing a four copies of the new emperor. Is is control any good uh, in general in in pioneer? Is control viable? Yeah, it, it is. Personally, in the past, I didn't. I never liked blue white control because you didn't have enough uh, cheap interaction. That so that's why I kind of like blue black more because of fatal push. But now you have March of Otherworldly Lights and the Emperor as well, which help you a lot in that regard. Like you can deal with uh, problematic stuff like the Tree of Crumbs, uh, Oven, Exiling is really good against the Lurus decks. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like Blue White a lot right now. The fight is still really good. Yeah, yeah, you. Uh, the, the list that made top uh, top four had four Portable Hole, four March of the Otherworldly Light. They were playing two Verdict and two Farewell in the main deck. Farewell's the new six mana sweepers that, that, that can exile graveyards that kind of exile pretty much everything but Planeswalkers, which mm -hmm. is a good thing because you're just playing a bunch. Yeah, you're just playing a bunch of planeswalkers anymore. Anyways, there's actually a couple divide by zeros in in Pioneer. I didn't expect to see to to see that card, but uh, yeah, yeah so you you think blue light uh, controls good? March has been pretty impressive. Uh, people played in historic. It feels like historic and Pioneer are pretty are somewhat similar right now. You got Phoenix, you got blue white control, you got these red black sag decks, you got food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have not been following Starik super closely, but I I believe you. Yeah, that's super you surprising. Even have the, the Perhelion decks, uh, yeah. What? They've got two divide by zero, and the only card in their sideboard is Environmental Sciences to get a basic land. Is that really that good? Yeah, this this is a bit weird. To be honest, like they're usually you don't see divide by zero, you see just people play absorb. But I guess they wanted to play more colorless land, so you can't really play absorb if you're doing that. Mm. Yeah, usually when you see some weird choices in Pioneer, it's because maybe the mana base didn't allow for 
or some other choice. Yeah, which is like a it's it's like a deck building constraint that you're not going to have super free mono bases all the time. You have to pay some costs, tap, tap lands, or you can't play super mono intensive spells. I guess that kind of leads to the question of um, obviously the recent set made the channel lands. Have they had a big impact on the format as well? Hmm. I would not say a big impact because. It's not like a new a deck gain a ton because of that. Like you see some decks playing a couple copies. I think that the deck that's using the most of those is Lotus Field actually because uh, you can play Bosejo and Bosejo deals with all the hate pieces. Like you can kill Dunfin Sphere with that, and the deck already played Sylvan Shrine. Oh wow! So, so that's probably the deck that gained the most. But you see like Phoenix playing one of the blue land, one of the red one. Yeah, that's probably stock. Like Blue White, I really like Egonjo in Blue White. I think it's a really good addition to Dark Type as well. That's really scary thinking about... Because I remember when I played Pioneer in the past, you'd have like two or three Dampening Sphere in the sideboard, and if you get it down against Lotus Field, you felt almost <laughs> unbeatable. But now thinking that they can just tutor for the uh, the green the channel sacred. land. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that to me is really scary. Yeah, that's good, but like having hate pieces against Lotus was never just like a lock. You needed you needed pressure, or otherwise they would find something to to kill it eventually. Yeah, I guess I guess Snoop, that's um, that's your friend Harry English Grinder. Why do I always forget his name? Pete Ward. Yeah, Pete Ward. He was I don't know. He didn't see the need for Basetu. He won the the showcase, or maybe he didn't want to spend the the forty something <laughs> ticks. Um, but he, he yeah. had it done with, without Basetio. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, if P isn't playing with that, I think it's prob probably good without it. <laughs> yeah, it's like not a huge difference to the deck. Like, it's something that's going to come up once in a couple games. Are there a lot of uh, PTQs in Pioneer on Magic Online? Do, does Pioneer get the same numbers of PTQs as a format like Modern, for instance? I think so. I feel like when there's a PTQ for Modern, there's also one for Pioneering the same weekend, usually. Okay. Have you have you been trying to qualify? Have you been kind of... Because you're, you're a competitive player, right? You... Mm -hmm. And yep. I was wondering, like, given that maybe Pioneer doesn't have the same... Or hasn't had the same level of interest as some of the other formats until now, if that kind of... I don't know if I was, I guess I was trying to compete in stuff. I maybe want to play in the, the the higher profile formats, maybe on arena or have you been kind of waiting for COVID to end kind of and paper magic to come back and kind of biding your time or do you just get enough, you know, out of what, is there just enough competition for you, enough PTQs, enough challenges, et cetera? Yeah, I definitely miss uh, playing Paper Magic a lot. So hopefully we can go back to normal soon. Yeah, but yeah, I I try to play every Premier Pioneer event. So like the Mox events and the PTQs, I usually play all of those. And sometimes I also play Modern and Limited on Empty Joe. So I, I try to play everything I can, but yeah, mostly Pioneer. Yeah. Have you have you qualified for the mocks uh, yet? 
Yeah, I have qualified for a couple of the MOX finals, but yeah. never to the MOX itself. Never I'm qualified for MOX. yeah, I'm qualified for the next MOX finals. Yeah. Have have you kind of tried to set yourself goals? Like has it been one of your goals or maybe pretty busy with your work and you're like, oh well, I'll do my best and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in that spot right now. Like since I also work, I yeah. can't really it, it's kind of unrealistic to me to set like crazy goals you know yeah there's only so much time i have so i try to do well in the challenges i try to to do well in the showcases and the ptqs where i play uh, cool. uh, doing that kind of stuff yeah um i don't know harry do you have uh to me i'm just still surprised about how different pioneer looks i mean I, I thought Pioneer was the, like, mid-rangey format, but now it just looks so combo aggro-y. I'm just, so, like, I would never put Is It Phoenix to be the top deck. I'm just, there's a lot of information to take in here, to be honest. I mean, what do you think are, like, if you had to put the top three decks in the format, Claudio, what would you say are the top three that people, like, your tier list, kind of, I guess? My, my tier list? Mm -hmm. Probably Aros, Phoenix, and... What's, what would be the third deck? Lotus Field, maybe? Just Kai Sennessy. I think Lotus oh. Field is too much is too much of a, a conditional a metagame call to be called the best deck, one mm -hmm. of the best decks, because the best deck has have to be every win, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the formula like before Kamigawa, like maybe a month or two ago? Because a lot of these decks are either almost kind of new, purely right? Kamigawa-based or... You know, lots of the new cards. Yeah, so before Kamigawa, you were seeing a lot of Phoenix. Like, Phoenix was really heavily played. A lot of Boros Heroic. That deck was, like, the premier aggro deck. Yeah. And, like, we uh, Winota was seeing a lot of play as well. What else? Let's yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I think the, the the challenge I played was maybe around Christmas break, and I remember feeling like the meta was you're either playing Phoenix or you're gunning for Phoenix. Because hmm. I, I played Phoenix and felt like people were just so ready. You looked at the lists, the tons of hate, but Phoenix kind of strong. You you get to play um, some, cards, some yeah, some good cards, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Some of the good cards are are not banned in in Pioneer, right? Yeah, and it's kind of funny that Phoenix kind of got less popular because also one of its really bad matchups res resurfaced in the format. Like, and so is really strong right now as well. Like, Phoenix is not great in Unsoul, so. Insol artifact, just bunch of yeah. There's a, yeah, a, a, a artifact aggro deck. There's like a new saga that outdated glitters twice, and it turns into a creature that's uh, outdated glitters. Michiko's yeah, random. Mich yeah. There's also like a bunch of new artifacts that are really good in the sets. Like the yeah. the deck also got a big upgrade. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Phoenix is is interesting because Treasure Cruise is not banned in. In Pioneer, but most lists don't even necessarily play four. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember yeah, the big playing... devs. Uh -huh. oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, the big dev spell in Phoenix these days is Temporal Trespass. 
So your late your late game plan is to copy that a bunch of times with Galvanic iteration. So that's yeah, like that, the late game. Yeah, that's the list I played. I think it was um Goldugat. I don't know if he it was kind of his innovation or he yeah, changed the deck. I, rem- I remember when I played the deck, I just copy copied the deck from his Twitter timeline. Yeah. So I guess this kind of leaves the question of why why would you play Pioneer over Modern? Like, what's the difference, would you say, between Pioneer and Modern? What's the difference? Like, mm. so basically, there a lot. Some cards are not like, for example, I don't like Modern very much because of some cards that exist there, like Chalice of the Void and Blood Moon and Snaring Bridge cards. You you are not going to find cards like that. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, some archetypes are completely different. Like you are not that you're not going to see to see in modern ever. Like for example, the Parhelion deck is just going to be underpowered in modern, even even though you can build it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, some archetypes are going to show to be like something you can play in modern or a version of them, like Niv, uh, like uh, Blue Light Control. You're going to find some similarities as well. Like usually the games go long with something like. Yeah, if you um, want a, a little more, you were talking about it, right? Grindier, maybe more fair games. Maybe if you're if you don't love getting turn free Karn or losing to a Blood Moon or getting nutted by Crixis Shadow deck, but you still yeah, like to play yeah. Magic Online, maybe. I think it just offers a different experience. I, it's kind of hard to explain, but mm. yeah. I mean, I'm guessing a lot has to do. It's like player dependent. It has to do with kind of your path, or you know, for you, for example, when you got started playing seriously again, it was just the beginning of Pioneer. So you thought maybe, maybe that's you know, you were like, okay, well, there's brand new format. Let's let's get into that one. It was in in paper. It was they were trying to uh, have a bunch of tournaments and stuff before COVID happened. Yeah, I kind of had a, a rough patch around that time because I I also use use it to play modern, and yeah. I the first modern deck I I had was Bridgevine, oh. and yeah, let let me tell you, I didn't have a good time on Modern Horizons released because hmm. I just lost my deck, so I kind of went away from modern after that. Hmm. Yeah, the pr- the price point as well definitely supports Pioneer. I mean. All of the top decks seem to be quite cheap, Magic Online wise. Um, yeah, also in paper they're pretty cheap if you're compared to modern. A big topic this week in the Brazilian community was like how insanely expensive modern is right now, at least here. Mm. I'm not sure about how it, it is for you for you guys. Yeah, for everyone, like, I mean, yeah. Except you guys are economy is not doing great, I guess, and it's even it's like ten times worse for you. Well, to be yeah. fair, using the shopping wizard on cardmarket.com gets you a pretty good deal on any modern deck. But uh, yeah, anyways, <laughs> anyways, about the Brazilian... <laughs> Sorry. Experts in chilling technique there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, like, yeah. Just, uh-huh. yeah, just like buying a playset of... I, I know that Dragovan is the meme because it's just like the most expensive cards. Mm-hmm. But like, I I really like to play Yagma, for example. It's when I play modern it's a deck I play because I really enjoy it. And I was looking towards building that maybe and like even that deck is really expensive 
because it, it plays endurance. So mm. it, it's kind of rough to build modern decks right now. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what is the magic scene like in Brazil? Because I feel like I see a lot of people representing Brazil on Twitch. And, you know, when I was streaming in the past, I used to get the, I'm sure you get it, Gab, like, hi from Brazil or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I love yeah, the yeah. Brazil magic community. Is there, is there a big scene over there? Yeah, I, I think that historically what people really like here is modern and pauper. I feel like those are two big, big communities over here. Like I'm not sure why why pauper, but it, it is it is a community that is really strong here. I think one of the members from the pauper uh, panel or whatever is from Brazil mm-hmm. as yeah. well. So it kind of shows how much pauper is loved here. And modern has always been like the biggest format for GPs and stuff. Mm. So, yeah. So so how many pe- when you go to F and M, how many people do you normally have there? Yeah, before COVID, we had like 20 people, 16 people. My city is not very big. So okay. Like, yeah, I, I kind of live in the countryside. Oh, I got but, you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, you, you said you don't play a ton of arena, right? Yeah, I kind of stopped after Zendikar. The last decade had those ropes. Okay, yeah. That's a good standard. The decks didn't change a ton, but I think overall the, the standard it was like Saltai and Rogues and was the third one. It was a little mono green and red green, I guess. But the the the, the yeah. format was kind of cool to play, even though the decks didn't change a ton for. I think the last so. time I played Arena heavily was during like the Ikari standard, I think, because I played yeah. a ton of Bunts with Uro and Nisa. And the Orion that I yeah. played a ton of the deck. I played a lot of events. Yeah, so, yeah, that was probably the last time I played Arena. Does Does your team? Do you also have a podcast? Yeah, we have a podcast that we publish on our Patreon for free. We kind of do it every fifteen days because we basically we review metagame changes in Pioneer. Yeah, that's basically what we do. Like we. Uh, take a look at trends, what decks are doing well, what, which decks we think are doing, are going to do well moving yeah. forward, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do, do you ever talk about what you think the future of competitive magic is going to look like for the, the quote-unquote robust tournament circuit they want to bring back in 2023? Do you talk a bit about that uh, on your podcast or maybe just amongst your group? Have you thought about it? Any any hot takes um, or any? It's honestly, I think it's so hard to know what wizard is going to do. Like, is Huey going to be our savior? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no pressure, Huey. Yeah, I think it's just kind of useless to speculate about that because in the end of the day, wizards doesn't really communicate anything to the players, yeah. so we, we don't know basically. Maybe the, maybe, maybe the hedge fund's going to save, save Finkel. <laughs> Finkel and Huey. <laughs> yeah, the hopefully. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't know. I really expect some form of that to come back. Like yeah. before before COVID, Willie Addo was doing a really great job with uh, uh, the Latin series here. Yeah. It was be- yeah, it was something really nice that he was doing a series of tournaments that I'll f- fed into final, and hopefully some, some some something like that can come back after COVID is gone. 
Yeah. Yeah, Willie Idol, such a legend, just kind of carrying the the South American scene on his shoulders and doing so much for uh, for it, and just always such a nice guy too. I've you know never seen him. He's just always like yeah. super nice to everyone. It's yeah. I, I, like I think truly a pillar of the community. Yeah. yeah. I think that I I uh, met him in in London, at Mythic Championship too. He he's really wow. tall, right? He's tall. Yeah, yeah, he's really he's really tall. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really short, so he's basically a skyscraper to me. I I, I remember <laughs> him. I st- I I think I said hi to him. Yeah, that's that's probably probably Willie. So um, going back to Pioneer, any any maybe. Uh, you said you were supposed to go to to FNM tonight, actually, or like the kind of Thursday night equivalent of FNM. And what were you gonna play? I was going to play Blue White Control. I I had the deck slipped up. Yeah. With the with the new cards as well. Yeah. Anything spicy? What new cards? The Emperor. The Emperor, the March, and like Farewell. I think those are the new cards I'm playing. Yeah. Yeah. You have you have how many how many paper Pioneer decks do you own? Uh, so I think I won like five or six decks because wow. I, I, the first deck I built was Niv because mm-hmm. it, I kind of wanted to have the deck I played the most on Magical Line. And after that, since like I, it's always kind of the same, right? You have the, since you have the mana base for a deck, it's easy to branch out. But like since Niv is five colors, it was kind of easy. Then I built, uh, Incarnation, which uses a lot of the same cards. After that, I built Blight Control. I also have the Rock. I also built the Rakdos Pyromancer deck at the time, and yeah. that's now the the Anvil deck. Yeah, so is, I have I have quite a few decks. Is that adding me? Uh, yeah, you you talking about enigmatic? That's enigmatic incarnation. That's the blue green yeah. enchantment mm-hmm. that you kind of sack enchantments to get creatures. Is that deck still around? Not that much. It's kind of a fringe deck now, I think. Yeah, because it was kind of the the deck to beat for at least a week or two. I remember seeing it do really well, and um, people tweet about it a lot. Was it especially well positioned? Was it strong? Did it get nerfed because of some bad matchups that popped up? I think I think it's because of bad matchups. The deck is is really powerful. Like it plays Fires of Invention. Is really like the deck's pretty powerful. Yeah. But since you you play on kind of like you play on sorcery speed, and your answers are limited to some extent, so if things are shaping up in a way you can't in- interact well, you're you're kind of helpless. Like I guess Grizzfang, for example, you can't do much. Yeah. Against against it. So I think it's kind of kind of that, and like the deck can never grow too big in, in popularity because cards like Back to Nature exist. Like yeah. it's just. Two mana destroy you. Yeah, I guess you have farewell too now. All more. Yeah, now you have. Yeah, yeah. Now you have farewell. That's really that farewell card. Was not expecting it to be good, but like it's really strong. It's really powerful. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because talking about pioneer, I have to test for historic, and there's a lot of similarities. They actually just. uh, not unbanned, but removed it from the suspended list. They removed fires, or maybe unbanned it and brought it back as a five mana card. I know you haven't played historic much at all lately, mm-hmm. but do you think fires of invention could be good at five mana, or is that too big of a nerf? 
would you ever play Fires I of think Invention for five mana in, in in Pioneer? I think I think it is a huge nerve because usually I if I from the top of my head, all the decks that play fires play a four mana key card that you want to play alongside it in the same turn. Like if you it's incarnation, it's incarnation on turn four, or if you are playing the transmogrify deck, you have transmogrify. Like it it kinda it is what yeah. defined the decks. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a huge nerf actually. Something that makes it quite quite unplayable, maybe. I don't know. So something that I think uh, I wanted to ask you because you said you play blue white control is with March of the uh, Otherworldly Light. Um, how how often do you find yourself pitching cards to it? Because I feel like, to me, that's the one thing that makes this card relevant uh, in modern. So I was wondering, you know, do you do this often, Pioneer? Hmm. Not super often, but when it's relevant, it's it feels like it's game winning because it just buys you like you just need tempo in that specific scenario. So pitching the card is it's what is going to make you uh, pull ahead. So yeah, when it's relevant, it's going to be really relevant. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really good. Yeah, the thing that the card is really good in Pioneer is that almost every deck plays some form of creature land. And that's why it compares favorably to something like Prismatic Ending. I'm not sure. I don't think those are super played in modern. You see oh. some here and there, right? I see what you mean. So it's like one mana to exile the creature land is really relevant in Pioneer specifically. Is that... I, I think I remember people saying, is it Den of the Bugbear in red decks? Was that yeah. really good? Yeah, really good. Uh, a lot of decks play the black one as well. And mm-hmm. like the green one, the green one sees play. And like all the blue decks play the blue one, so the Hawkstorm right. Giants, Phoenix, Blood Control. So, so in Pioneer so, you're exiling Creature Lands, and Modern you're exiling Saga. <laughs> oh, you're also exiling Lands in Pioneer because some decks play Dark Seal Citadel. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like then so that it is nice that you don't have to play field too many field of runes, and you still have answered. It's been the same in in historic too. It's been the the little I've played was. March, it's been a big deal to be able to exile uh, lands. Yeah, because yeah, it's usually like the weakness of the blue white control, right? You play a wrath, and they have the creature lands left to to beat you up. But this card answers creature lands nicely for just one mana. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, you don't have the problem in his pioneer. I mean, maybe you have it in a different form, but in modern and in historic, Argmit Charm is legal, so you want to just load up on blue mana. You can. Barely play any field of runes, so it's really nice, uh, really nice addition uh, to get to get March in that spot. And as well, but just not because your man your man is not as good, so you can't really afford to yeah. play many fields. Yeah, you, you said you build the the new red black list was Anvil. Yeah, want to talk yeah. us through like how it came together? What gave you the idea? Because it's so mm-hmm. I feel like it's. You know, even I, I, I used to be a deck builder, and I feel like these days I'm mostly just, you know, kind of copying a lot of decks. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll try to to build decks, but it's not super easy. So, what was yeah, it like? So, uh huh. Yeah, I, I usually like to build a lot of decks when, whenever a set comes out, kind of like what Spike tries to do, because I, I like exploring new deck building space. 
like the season i five volt seven times with seven different decks with all ideas i had from kamigawa wow. so i i really like doing that kind of stuff uh most of them never work so and but i think that's kind of the process Wait, this season uh, already since kamigawa came out you have seven diff seven trophies with seven different decks always kind of new cards yeah uh-huh. wow, that's insane well what are the seven decks let's see if you can name them all top of your head uh, uh so the first one was it didn't have any new cards it was black red blood which was the deck that gave me the idea to build the endo deck okay so it was like i'm not sure if you're familiar it's like a black red lurus deck with the blood creatures yeah yeah harvester you, you play totsies uh, some interaction cards and stuff croxa so i played that one and i five volt with the anvil deck i five volt yeah. with incarnation incarnation also gained a, a lot of cards from the new decks you play the new, new you play the white black mythic card the five mana one <laughs> or is that one not no there? no i was playing the two mana guy that reduces the cost of your inheritance by one you cannot mm. naturalist and the witness goon shrieker oh the black like, one right black green yeah, one. The, the black green one so those cards are really good for the deck what about the new cantrip one one no oh, i also play that because the deck never had a chumana enchantment creature that you could get off chain to the rocks before the deck nice. plays chain yeah. to the rocks yeah uh if i would do that if i would do it niv Mm-hmm. I was playing a couple of new cards in that as well. I was playing for March about the Red Light in Nev. So okay. Yeah, so that was nice. I was like, I the deck is not as good as before, but it's still my favorite deck, so I always try to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic. Uh, yeah, classic. Never let your favorite deck die. <laughs> uh, if I would do it, humans. Oh, wow. color humans. What's humans right? like in, in Pioneer? What does it look Pioneer? like? Uh, usually the deck is uh, green-white or black-white. So the black-white deck is a Lurus deck. It's more low to the ground. It's my aggressive. And the green-white company version is playing like uh, cards like Elite Spellbinder, Adeline. It's kind of like what Historic does. I think there's a Humans Historic yeah. deck, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the deck I built was I was playing Mantis Riders and stuff because now you you have the new five color lands. Secluded courtyard. Secluded courtyard. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot the name. Yeah. So uh, how many? Are, you see, so you have eight different ones. You don't have Cavern of Souls, but you have that one and you the, have the excellent one. You have yeah. the new one, and you have Mono Confluence. Okay. Like, so twelve. Yeah. You have twelve. So, yeah, I had fun trying to do that. I was mostly trying to see if the mana was going to work, and it was working pretty well. Like, you can curve Traven Spectre on turn one, turn two, Werewolf Pack Leader, because that's a human. Turn two, Mantis Rider. So that's pretty pretty sick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so... uh, And I I think the deck is nice. You can play Reflector Mage that's good against Aura, so, yeah. Uh, I was doing that. I five old yesterday with scales, green white scales. Okay. So, so that's was that was a brew as well. That's like a new artifact that has it's a two mana one one. It has war two, and whenever you play an artifact, it gains a counter. So it's really busted with scales. 
Yeah, people have been asking me about that card in the Blue White Historic Artifact deck, and I feel like compared to Ingenious Smith, it's feels like a mostly worse Ingenious Smith, even though it can grow faster and it has the ward and it's a easier to cast, but yeah, it, I was it, playing it, both cards in my deck, but it and in Pioneer, like and then so deck also plays both. Mm -hmm. And I think the real strength of the deck is that when you're playing cards like Michiko or Ren of Truth, it's it's so hard to kill because of the virtue and the card just hits super hard. So you you're just going to close out the game pretty fast with that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah, I should so try I... more more aggressive version of the artifact deck in historic because maybe Bunch mm -hmm. of Ornithopters, Michiko, Automaton. Yeah, that's what people kind of do in Pioneer. They play a bunch of uh, Ornithopters and Springleaf Drums to kind of spill out your hands. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, right. I think that, and I also 5 voted Blue-Eyed. I think those are like the other decks. Yeah, that's that's absurd. Seven different decks. So yeah, I kind of caught you off when you were talking about the, the red-black deck. So you already had kind of that base was the... Blood Ties Harvester and Voldar and Epicure. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then I guess you just saw yeah, like the new cards. Yeah, I was like, oh, this Anvil card looks pretty good. And I decided to put a bunch of artifacts in the deck and see how it works. And I kind of stumbled upon a great idea. That's, that was like an accident. So that was that was really nice. Like the, the I was kind of not expecting this get this deck to be good at all. But like the synergy between Synthesizer, Anvil, and even Terrarian and Deadly Dispute, like it's just insane. It's not as strong as you might think looking at the surface level, like as you were talking about before. Like the deck just doesn't seem very powerful, but it it it, it is. Yeah. Yeah, the, I guess the, the the yeah, the anvil need to respect start respecting the anvil. And mm -hmm. what, what if, if let's say people want to maybe build this deck? It also looks really cheap to build. I see a lot of commons, a lot of uncommons, Thoughtsies. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing most people have four Thoughtsies by now. That's that's kind of cool too. Uh, do you already kind of know what what it, the bad matchups are? What the really good matchups are? Uh, okay. So the combo decks are bad. Are bad. Uh, a bad matchup. You don't have enough interaction. And you don't have a slow clock. One thing about this deck is that you're not killing anyone fast. Like your creatures don't hit that much. You have a bunch of one ones most of the time, so you kind of slow together. So that kind kind of hurts your combo matchups. Yeah. Uh, and you are weak to against Jans because they're just you, but they have three of crumbs and you don't. Yeah. Is is this the squirrel is legal, right? No, it's not. Oh, the, it's the squirrel not. is a weird uh, arena card. No, the squirrel is a modern horizons card. A modern horizon. Okay, I was like, I was like, maybe that could be like your clock. I guess that the, the card might be in the deck. Yeah, the card would be really strong. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there's not there's not a single creature you can sideboard in to to kill people fast in red black. There's nothing nothing good like that. Yeah, I try sideboarding Croxa, but you, you're just not fueling the graveyard fast enough mm -hmm. in this deck. So you can't really do that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a weakness the deck has. Yeah. Okay. So it, it seems to be like the format is actually quite diverse. I guess maybe because we want to get into some modern, we should like summarize Pioneer. 
yeah, want to give us like kind of why why people should play Pioneer. You know, maybe people who haven't played or play mostly modern, they've been listening, are like, oh yeah, these decks sounds kind of cool, etc. I want to give them one last uh, kind of your reasons why you think Pioneer is good, why people should play Pioneer. Yeah, like uh, I think you should try Pioneer if you want to, to to just have a different experience. If you want to experience the game in a more grindy manner, so that there's also a play, a play style for everyone. There's a, every kind of archetype is represented. There's a lot of different viable and good strategies. I'm not talking about like Tarchu decks. It could there's a bunch of decks that could win any given tournaments in a week. Yeah. So yeah, there's all there's combo control, agro, agro combo. There's a lot of different things you can do. You can play tribal decks. Yeah. There's I think for everyone in Pioneer, I think. Yeah. And I guess the format seems powerful, but maybe not as powerful as, uh, as modern. So there's maybe more room for innovation than just okay, uh, you know, Urza Saga, Esper Sentinel, Ragavan, etc. Um, yeah, I think that since Modern Horizons were introduced into the into modern, uh, the impact standard has on modern is going to be slow, uh, lower and lower as time goes on because like the yeah. floor of, the the floor of the playable decks is just so much higher. So like that's also refreshing. When I see a lot of talk of people saying that modern is stale, yeah. And I think that's going to be a thing now that uh, the Ryzen set the bar for the, what's playable or, or not. Yeah. So if you, if you want to have a refreshing format that changes yeah. a lot or a little bit after every set release, I think Pioneer is a great place for you. Yeah, and I guess if ever you're a big historic player on Arena and you're looking to kind of transpose that to paper, Pioneer seems kind of similar, similar power level, lots of the same decks yeah, and so stuff. Yeah, you can replicate some decks, yeah. Like you can yeah. play some decks in Historic and Pioneer. All right, cool, cool. All right, should we talk a bit about Modern? Yeah, go for it. I mean, I I, I haven't actually played Magic in like three weeks. All right, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll start with kind of my week playing Modern. So I played the Showcase on Saturday. You know, I stuck with Omnath. I still think the deck's really good and that I mostly lose when I mess up. And uh, I was off to a great start. I was 6-0, nine rounds tournament. Jeez. And like a lot of the challenges since the beginning of the year, I was X and O and lost the last three rounds. I ended up six and three. <laughs> oh, I, uh, yes. I lost a close one to Soul Strong. He kind of nodded me on the draw with Grixis Shadow. Man's just been crushing it. He he top eight it again with Grixis Shadow. Then I lost the Titan deck where I made some really dumb mistake. Classic fetching the wrong land. I had already fetched all my blue dual lands. So I cast Iteration and then realized I couldn't fetch untapped blue to have counter spell up. So Ooh. I had to tap mm. out. I went spreading seas on the saga, but they just had land Titan and game kind of got out of control. It was like some bad mistakes. And my last loss was in the last round to Rhino. This matchup has just felt tough. Um, I think I was ready with three explosives in my sideboard, maybe only two, but still, still wasn't enough. I played one Buseju in the main. And did I have four for that weekend? 
I can't remember. I think maybe I had the four after sideboards, or maybe I got them a little later. Either way, Buseju and Sukenzan were pretty good for me. Sukenzan shine against Ragavan. Sometimes it kind of does rot in your hand and you never get a chance to cycle it, but pretty strong. You can also get the cost reduction, especially good in Ragavan decks. That's, that's been pretty cool. March of Otherworldly Light was also pretty solid for me. Um, I think it's a good card in small numbers. It's unclear if it's better than Spreading Seas. It's a little different. Spreading Seas better against Urza Saga. March is better in other spots. Gives you more instant speed removal. It's kind of in between a, a Spreading Seas and an Unholy Heat. So the flexibility is nice. And um, yeah, I guess that was it. I tried two of the kind of new decks in some leagues. I tried... The Slogurk deck, it's Life from the Loam, Seismic Assault, Slogurk. I was not super impressed, but also did get paired a lot against Grixis Shadow in the league I played, and that was tough. I went two and three. I was thinking maybe the deck wanted more Forgotten Caves. I only had two and felt like I was flooding a lot. I was also maybe not sideboarding very well. I never knew what to board out. I had always a bunch of cards I want to bring in, and the deck is kind of, kind of a tight package, and... I ended up boarding at Assault and Life from the Loam a lot. Maybe that was just my mistake. Maybe I was just not a believer enough. And I also tried a Yep Clock deck, which is Magda <laughs> with Changelings, Clock of Omens, and Cartus. So basically, you're just trying to get a bunch of treasures to play with Magda and all the one mana Changelings. You're also playing Recruiter to get it, and you get Clock of Omens, which is a four-mana artifact, tap two on tap artifacts you control, untap a target artifact. So basically what you do is you get Magda, bunch of treasures, you get the one-mana artifact Changeling, then you tutor up the clock with Magda, and then, long story short, you end up with infinite tap treasures, which you can then sack to get all your... Artifact Changelings, and you can get Kartus Drag, which is a dragon that untaps all your dragons and give them haste, and you kill them. You also play Grist, so if you get lucky, you can plus the Grist, and since you mill a Changeling, it's an insect, you can get a bunch of 1-1s. That deck was kind of cool. I actually got two wins. I know Canister played it a bit to like mixed results. Um, so yeah, I think that was mostly that my week playing uh, Modern. And I know Cloudo used to be Crush was Yagmos. I, sure I played, played. I played uh, the event you played as well with Yagmos. Yeah, I started. I started like three zero, and I I just uh, started losing a bunch of matches. But I was playing some new cards as well. I was playing uh, Takenoma and one Boseju, I think, in the deck. And I, I think I was playing a couple of deadly disputes as well. Uh, since I don't really test that much modern, I I thought that card looked nice in the deck, so I was trying it. I was trying it, and it was pretty good. I I think I lost to four color with because they're playing March of the Other of the Light as well. I remember that I played Torpor Arb and they just killed it on my turn. It was not not nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you had a kind of a crazy streak. I don't know how much, how long it lasted, but you you were top eighting or top flooring or crushing challenges for a long, long time. It was pretty much only exclusively Yagmas. We yeah, we bet on a couple times. So yeah. We had a I think you won the last one. Maybe we played. Maybe I beat you a few times before that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I think it, there was a period where I top eighted like three weekends in a row. The deck it was pretty crazy. Yeah, the deck, the deck was probably well positioned. It was not super well known at the time, so people made more mistakes playing against it. I feel like. Yeah. Do, do you have any other modern decks you really like? Mm, I I think I played a couple games with the with Death Shadow. The deck felt really nice because it I think it gives you a lot of agency in your games. That's what what I felt while I was playing it. Yeah. You you, ha you have a lot of interaction. You have card advantage, so it's kind of the kind of the types of of, of magic I like to play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Modern. I mean, moderns really skill intensive. I feel like you know when I lose a lot of time, it's to my own mistakes. My opponents also. I mean, it's harder to tell, but yeah. Yeah, I mostly. Yeah, I mostly don't play modern because it's. Uh, thing of like preference, but I think it's a good format. Uh, like, yeah, competitive. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interaction now because of the elementals. So I I think it's really intensive, as you were saying. Yeah. And Harry, you've been you've been focusing on on your studies like a good uh good student. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been studying a lot. Haven't really. No, no, no YouTube clickbait game. No. Nah, nah. Yeah. Just Damn. studying math, studying. I, I'm just I'm drowning in my work, honestly. Like, I'm so t I had to. The problem is that because I'm on my masters, I have to have a meeting every week with like the head of maths, giving an update yeah. on my work, and they ask me questions. And every week, oh, so you can't just yeah. like wait till the last second no. of the trimester. Every week, gotta balance that. Gotta balance. Uh, some other stuff so it's like so long magic magic gotta, is definitely gonna balance your, your treasure hunting and space alien invading uh attacking your house and destroying your oh yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah as well it doesn't help that like the water and electricity is not on in my house like 60 percent of the time and like the internet doesn't work and whatever so i'm basically out of that i wake up as soon as i wake up leave the house and then I come back around eight or nine, <laughs> and then come back. Uh, come back. Hope, hope you still have a roof. Yeah. Hope I still have electricity and and whatever. There was a big storm in the UK. I was worried yeah. that like my roof was gonna get blown off because half of it wasn't like intact. Oh no. Nah. My, yes. my, my life is definitely very hectic right now. No magic. No magic currently. But there's a plan for it to come back. I think I'm allowed to say this. There's some card market stuff coming soon, uh, recording wise. Um, so yeah, there are many plans in the future for for me and Magic content. It's basically a miracle that this episode <clears throat> even happened. Yeah, to be honest, but um, yeah, I guess I guess this is kind of going towards the end of of the episode. And I don't know if you know Claudia, but we play the Price Is Right and Life on the Line at the end of every episode. Do you know the Price Is Right? Uh, I don't think so. I know that I, I know Life on the Line. Yeah, so uh, the price is right is basically we choose a card that, um, uh, just any card, and obviously it'll be sold on card market, and then we all give a guess on how much money we think it costs and the closest wins. Um, so yeah, well, that's, that's going to be a tough one for me. I'm not familiar with its price over there. Oh, yeah. dang. We're gonna have to I'm really bad at the game. Harry's probably yeah. pressure. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. why don't why don't we choose? Um, I was thinking, how about the Wandering Emperor, the new Mythic Planeswalker? Uh, that's, a, that's a good one, yeah. Because I feel like Mythics tend to actually be decently priced. 
Um, so, I don't know. Well, yeah. Just, uh, it's in euros, oh, Claudio. Euros, yeah. So like okay. close to dollars. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah close euros to dollars. pretty close to dollar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, all right. So we just you just lock in a guess, and then we kind of all say it at the same time. Yeah, I'll count down from three, and then you ju we just say it. So you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, fifteen. Twenty-five. Ten. Ten? Ooh, this oh, is I went way range. over this time. Usually, I'm the one who goes under. I feel like it might have spiked in the last few days. It's been played in a lot of decks. Oh, dang! Claudio, price trend, 30 days average is 989. 10 Dude, euros so is the winner. Bad. I'm so bad. <laughs> 10 euros is the winner. I guess uh, it's a bad look for you guys. You'll do this every week. I, yeah. Either either massively under under guess or over. It's like embarrassing. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. To be fair, I just, think the guess always wins. I'm just setting you up. One day, one day, I'm gonna get you to play that game for actual money, <laughs> and then I'm gonna be like, "Boom, nail it every time." And I kind of made a guess based on what I bought mine for. Oh, so I was like, "How much did you buy your store in Brazil?" Game, I bought it for like sixty-four uh, reais, which is our currency here. So, yeah. and one uh, the proportion to dollars like one to five. You bought it for $13, kind of? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So it was so like, you, oh, it sounds close enough. Yeah. yeah, 12 viewers, you like, wow. Not bad, not bad. Okay, cool. And uh, obviously, we do Life on the Line. For those who are listening, don't know what Life on the Line is. Theoretical tournament tomorrow. You win the event, you live, you lose, you die. You got to bring a deck list for every format today that we talked about today. It's going to be Modern and Pioneer. Um, I guess I'll start things off. Pioneer. Screw it. I don't mind dying with how much stress I have with uni right now. I'm bringing mono green planeswalkers. Let's go. I think it, it, it might be able to do some bits. And then in modern, <laughs> <laughs> in modern, I'll bring uh, four, four color control with Omnath because uh, that's the most comfortable deck uh, I can play. What, what about you, Gab? So in modern, I would stick to four color Omnath and. Pioneer, I'm tempted to go blue-white control, but I feel like these red-black matchups are going to be tough. Lotus Field was always a tough matchup, but you know what? I'll go as I'll I'll go as blue-white control. Sick. What about you, Claudia? Yeah, I think on modern I would play Grixis. Mm -hmm. When I played the deck, it just felt really powerful. I I hear it's one of the best decks right now as well, so I think I would stick to that. And in Pioneer. I think I'd play Niv Mizzet actually. I I think it has the the tools to beat them at the game right now. Opium. Oh, is that what you're gonna play uh, this weekend in, a, in at least one of the challenge, or you don't know? Yeah, yet? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna give it a try on Saturday. But, and... but if I was less hopeful, I would probably play Rakdos. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Cool. Well, I guess to you know finish off the episode as always, Claudio. Why don't you shout out the social media that you want the listeners to check out? Yeah, yeah. So you can follow me on Twitch and Twitter at CloudioHNTG. And you can also take a look at our Patreon. It's called, it's called Tech Team. Uh, and I think that's it. We produce a lot of content for competitive players there. We have a lot of strong players. So, yeah, I think that's that's it for me. Is it tag? It was a G or was it a C? TAC. TAC. Team. Yeah. T A C. T A C. Okay. What does it stand for? Tactical? Uh, testing, 
testing and crushing. I don't testing know who came up. I don't know who came up with that, but it, yeah. Testing and crushing. You got it. All right. Oh damn. Okay. Gab, where can we find you? Same as always. Yellow hat on Twitch. Yellow hat on YouTube and at Gab Nassif on Twitter. Sweet. You can find me in the library studying, um, or just dying inside, uh, or you can check out. Check out Tac Team. You know, I actually rate it because I see them tweeting a lot, and I actually see them do. I think I think you're the only team left on Twitter. You know, I remember back in the day. Uh, I love back in the day when Star City Games and all them <laughs> lot. They, you know, they were actual teams. I think this is literally like the only team left, in my opinion. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, okay, C CFB Pro oh. maybe, but this to me seems like the last community run, run team. It's pretty cool. So go check out Tac Team. I actually respect the effort that um that they put in but um yeah, yeah i guess you know th thank you so much claudio for for coming on you've been a really sick guest it has been a honor to, to be here yeah thank you so much as usual we did that last second and claudio was like yeah dropped dropped his tournament came on the podcast thank you so much yeah. yeah no thank you and i guess you know for those who listened if you made it this far into the episode thank you so much and uh we'll catch you guys next week hopefully with Pat. Take care, everyone. Yeah. Take care.